Welcome to the Storytellers Live podcast, where everyday people share real and personal stories. Some are profound and challenging, while others are more common and relatable, shared with honesty and humor. But all of these stories reveal what God can do in our lives when we trust Him with the details. Thanks for joining us. Hi, everyone. This is your host, Kelly, from the Storytellers Live team. On each episode, you'll hear a different woman share her story of God's transforming love. These stories are recorded in a live setting at weekly local gatherings, where we're aiming to build community through sharing, connecting, and encouraging one another. Most importantly, these stories reveal the faithfulness of God and how He can take what's ordinary and broken and exchange it for extraordinary and redeemed. This week's story was recorded in Jackson, Mississippi. Brandy's life was instantly altered when it was discovered she had a cancerous tumor in her brain. She has lived the past nine years with this cancer. As a young wife and a mom of three, she has had to learn to relinquish all control of her life over to God and let Him be the driver. She lives with the motto, pray, believe, expect. Pray that God will heal her and guide her through the journey. Believe in His power and healing and expect the unexpected from Him. Here's Brandy. My name is Brandy Boyd, like I said. Um, I am a brain tumor survivor, but however, I do still have a brain tumor, so I'm living with a brain tumor. So please try to keep that in mind as well and stay along with me. <laughs> because um, I do still have it. And I actually have a card that I've had to pull out a couple of times. Okay. I'm trying to take the words and make my friends tell me I buffer. So, I may buffer, so they'll just stick with me, okay? But God has been so faithful um, throughout my very get-go. But today, um, I've been married to my husband only 20 years in December. We have a 17-year-old, a 15-year-old, and a 12-year-old. Two boys and a little girl. That's where we are today. I'm just as I'm busy today. I'm a mom. Um, my kids are very active in sports. My bo- both my boys play baseball. My little girl does cheer and volleyball with school. So we're just, and my husband volunteers. Probably to stay away um, <laughs> from my crazy self, too. But, um, anyway, so that's a little bit today. Every, I mean, I have doctor's appointments every week, still, sometimes, whether it's an MRI, whether it's chemo, whether it's an endocrinologist. I mean, there's something I have pretty much every week. Um, but I'm going to start with where my journey began. So in August of 2010, um, it was August the 12th, actually, I was writing, I was reading in my Bible, and I was reading Luke. I had some friends. Our church was going on a mission trip to um, to Africa, and it was to children's orphanages. And I've always loved kids, and I really wanted to go. So as I was reading um, the 12th in my Bible, reading in Luke, I was reading about Martha and Mary. And I had been, and am, honestly, still, a Martha through and through. I've always wanted to be a Mary, but I think that's not even in my genes. There's no way I can even slow down enough to sit at the feet of Jesus, much less be still. So, um, 
I was reading a little bit about Mar uh, Martha and Mary, and background is before my brain tumor, I was a busybody. I mean, I led mops at our church for eight years. I was um, class mom. I mean, volunteered for everything, in charge of everything, because I thought I needed to be, um, which completely didn't. So, read in my Bible, August the 12th, Lord increased my faith, because I wanted to go on that mission trip. That was Thursday. My birthday was August the 13th, Friday. I was turning 36, um, and so my husband and I were taking my, we were going to New Orleans to spend the weekend. I'm not going to get into all the symptoms right now. We can talk about that at the end if we have time, but... Just that summer, oh, and I have a master's in education. I had been teaching school. At that particular time, I was, um, I had gone part-time. I was teaching at homes. Um, but I, Friday, we were leaving, my birthday, we were leaving to go to my brother's house, and he was going to keep my kids so we could go to New Orleans. My husband and I spend the weekend. I was walking in my brother's house, and I only had one bag on my shoulder, and I just felt myself falling down. And I could hear everybody saying, Brandy, what are you doing? And I didn't know. I, I didn't know why I was going to the ground. But, so everybody was like, you okay, you okay? And so I got up, and I just had some water, and then we went out and dropped the kids off, went out to New Orleans and spent the weekend, and now, with three kids, you're just busy. And so, being that my husband had three days to spend just focusing on me, he saw and noticed some things were different. And he, while we were there in New Orleans, we, um, he said, when we get back to the home, we're going to call the doctor. Something's not right. And actually, I had been living on Excedrin migraine because I had a dull headache. And so I had taken Excedra migraine that morning. We got to New Orleans and spent the weekend there. It was fine. Um, actually got, this is not really an important detail, but this is where the brain tumor comes in. We got arrested by the fun police um, walking to Cafe de Mon because I didn't have a beer in my hand. <laughs> so the party police stopped us. So we had to pay $10 to get out of jail. So I think they went to save a cat or something. Um, <laughs> that's important, Tracy. <laughs> so, come home on Monday. Now we come home on Sunday. Called my neurologist and left her a message. I wasn't going to be able to get in for a few months because I had missed an appointment in May that I did not even know that I had. If you know me prior to this, I was very like organized. I mean, color-coded my calendar. I have a paper calendar. I didn't even have that written down. And so I had missed that appointment. Well, so I just said, okay, it's fine. I'll take it in February or whenever I could get it. We decided Monday morning, if I woke up with another headache, I had to go to the doctor. So I didn't have a doctor. I've always been healthy besides having my kids. And I went to my OBGYN. 
So I told her, and come to find out on that Monday, I had a, um, I had a UTI. And then I was telling her about my headache, and she said, okay, well, if you wake up tomorrow morning with a headache, I need you to go straight to the ER. I said, Dr. Fulton, going to the ER over a headache, but yes, ma'am. I'll do that. So Breedley, my baby, at the time they were third grade, first grade, and the baby was starting K3. And so plans were on that Tuesday, she was going to start. We had to go meet the teacher and all of that. So I didn't want to know how to go do that. I woke up with a headache Tuesday morning. My husband says, mm, just at least go to MEA. I mean, at least go to MEA, get a shot of Toradol to knock the headache out. And then we can meet. We'll catch up and finish the rest of the day. So Tuesday, wake up with a headache, go to MEA. Joey takes Breedley. My boys started school. They were already, I guess that was their first week in school. And um, we get, I get to MEA and I see the doctor and he said, you know, I'm going to give you a shot of Toradol, but you need to have somebody come drive me. So I called my husband and I said, hey, they will, but you need to come drive me. So he called a friend, Susan, and she came and got really. And um, off to NEA, they gave me the shot. And he said, I want you to go have an MRI. You know, as soon as we can get you an appointment, you need to have an MRI. So we said, okay. As we were walking out the door, the doctor says, "Um, hey, SCI just called and said, they can get you right now. Can y'all go? And my husband said, yes, absolutely, right now. So we go get the MRI I was fully with I'd never had an MRI before after the scan the doctor or the radiologist comes back in there and says if you'll go back to MEA then they want to they'll read you the results so I said okay so we go back to MEA walk in and y'all are familiar with an MEA clinic you walk in you sit down I walk in they said hey Mr. Miss Boyd come back to room one like they open the door we go in closed that door and then Dr. Mark Hellrung came walked he knocked on the door walked in and he said hey Mr. Miss Boyd I've been praying about how to read you these results and to tell you these results he said but you have a very large tumor on your brain that needs to be removed immediately so um, I'm fortunate enough to have a friend that's a neurosurgeon and he can read you the results because this is out of my league um if you can go down there right now they'll be waiting on me um so we said okay and so as he was um he said but is there anything else i can do for you here you know and i said well and remember if i had a tumor the size was embedded in a cyst i actually had a cyst the size of a grapefruit embedded you know, on my brain. I had no midline. My tumor was the size of a cherry grape tomato. So I'm in la-la land. I didn't even know. I just said, okay, well, if you're telling me I have a tumor and you told me I was, you were praying about how to tell me, I guess you're a praying man, so if you don't mind just praying for me, that would be great. And he said, absolutely. Do you mind if I pray for you now? So, so I don't. So the three of us 
sat in MEA and he prayed the sweetest prayer over us. Now my husband's eyes were the biggest at table. My mind and his wife, my mind went back immediately to the day before. I just asked God to increase my faith so I could go on a mission trip. So you've got to begin at God. Somewhere you're in the midst of this. So I honestly wasn't in a turmoil because the Lord had spoke that to me and over me and said, you know, I mean, I had asked him to increase my faith. So that's just, that's just God. God's going to, he knew what I needed to increase my faith because I'd always wanted to be a Mary, remember? I was Martha. So he knew he had to get me down, not just mentally, not just physically. Spiritually, I needed to be all, I needed all of it. So we go. Um, they're going to keep me close to my time. Um, <laughs> my journey began that day. I can, we'll say. We go see the neurosurgeon. He tells me he's going to put me on a steroid because it was the size of a grapefruit. Assist, and I had no midline, so they needed to shrink that before we could even do surgery. So he put me on a pill um, of Decadron, just a little steroid. And we had not even had time to talk to family or friends to even be suggested a neurosurgeon, anything. We just knew we wanted to see Dr. Fredericks. Um, but it was so quick. I mean, this all happened within an hour. Um, Monday night, we go home after that um joey had um we had to get somebody to get the i mean get the boys tracy got the boys my mom was at work susan got Brayley, and we um went home and joel a friend was out at the neurosurgeon waiting us and he said do you mind if we call the elders and we pray over you tonight Absolutely not. So Chip and a lot of the elders came down to the Clark's house, and we they prayed over me that night. And that was just a time where all my family and friends, I mean, from all, like, high school, and just different aspects of life just came together and just prayed over me. But the boys knew. Now, they were third grade and first grade. Really was three. She didn't really know. The boys knew something was wrong because I was just not the same as I had been the other years, summers and stuff before. But um, so as soon as the boys got home, they said, Mom, Mom, what did the doctor say? So we took the boys and took them back to the bedroom and um, just told them, you know, they don't really know yet. They're going to have to, they're going to look inside mom's head and really figure out what's going on. Um, and so, Blaze, my oldest, he was in third grade. He said, well, who's going to be with you? And I said, well, I mean, daddy will be able to come home because they had said, I knew I'd go and die see you. And I thought that little spoiled boy is wanting to be, he's wanting to make sure his daddy's there with him. And so I said, well, Daddy will be able to be at home because I'll have to go into a special room where just the doctors and nurses can watch over me. And so I said, okay. And then he said, well, where are you going to have the surgery? 
And at that time, remember, this is just a couple hours after we had even found out. He, that doctor, the neurosurgeon, said, we'll probably have it at once because that's who he was affiliated with. He didn't even, my little boy didn't even know that hospital. Um, so anyway, when it came time for them to pray, before we went down to the clerks for everybody to pray over me and us together, we, the four of us prayed together. And so when Blaze came to pray for me, he said, I just pray, God, that my mama gets to go to St. Dominic's. And I just pray that my mama is never by herself. Mm-hmm. So that was his two prayer requests as a third grader. And I'm telling you this now, and it'll make sense in a little bit, just to see how God had his footprint in every detail of my whole story. Um, so in my first grader, just... He's the cutest, wildest little thing, born in China shop. He didn't know what to do, but just hold on to me. God, just do it with my mama. Just make my mama safe. Just keep my mama. Um, so, anyway, there's that. And then we go down and pray at the Clark's house. And Chip, our pastor, prayed over us. And everybody there prayed. Um, and realize I'm okay because I did have this large tumor sitting on my brain but I had just asked God to increase my faith. So that's where I, and Joey didn't even know that. So that's where, I mean, my parents, nobody knew. But that's where I was spiritually, I guess, honestly. I was just trying to go on a mission trip. (laughs) To go play with some kids. Um... So, fast forward to the next day. Oh, that doctor, that neurosurgeon that I went and talked to, when he said, start the decadron, come back and see me about noon tomorrow. I know this is overloading. Write down all your questions tonight. Come back and see me at noon. Have all your questions, and we'll go over everything else. But for now, just plan on coming back to the hospital. at I mean, coming back to see me tomorrow, which would have been... Um, Wednesday, and then I'll admit you on Sunday, and we'll have surgery on Monday. Okay. Dr. Fredericks calls me Tuesday night. My mom had actually gotten a hold of Dr. Fredericks and said, you really need to know what's going on. So Dr. Fredericks called me when we got back home that night and said, Brandy, where are you? I'm at home. I'm in my bedroom right now. And she said, well, you need to be at the hospital. And she said, I thought you were. So, no, ma'am. And so we talked for just a second. And she said, what's the status? So I updated her. MEA had already sent my stuff, so she was able to pull it up. And then, you know, my mom calls her, so she got out of the And um, we, uh, after that, she says, well, I will meet you tonight. If you want to come into the hospital tonight, we'll do whatever we need to do. And I said, can we just wait them in the morning? I don't have to be up there with that doctor until Tuesday, I mean, until noon. She said, we'll come first thing in the morning. So that's what we did. We go see her first thing Tuesday morning. Um, and that night, to Monday night, everybody was, you know, of course, everybody's saying, if you need a neurosurgeon, you need to see John Lonson. If you need a... St. Thomas is the best hospital. If you, I mean, we were just getting overloads of everybody, you know, 
telling us and suggesting the right neurosurgeon and all of that. Well, so when we got to Dr. Fredericks, the first thing I asked her or that she asked is, well, how did you feel about that neurosurgeon? And Joey immediately said, well, who do you use, honestly? Um, we feel better with you. Just you've been our doctor, you've been the family's doctor. Who do you use? She named two doctors, I mean, two neurosurgeons. The first one was John Monson that we had heard about 50 times that night. And we said, well, where does he practice? And she said, St. Dominic's. <laughs> but he's very hard to get into and he's very busy. So, and you need this done immediately. So the chances of him being able to do it, you know, it's just going to have to be a miracle, quite honestly. So, okay, believe the miracles. God, maybe. Call him. So she called him. And she said, hey, I've got a 36-year-old um, mom of three that just was diagnosed with a very large brain tumor. It's, she used all these large words. Said she needs surgery immediately. She's like stroke level any minute. And um, he said, I'll, I'll be there. So Dr. Fredericks says, okay, let's go. So I'm admitting you right now. I'm like, mm-mm. I can't get admitted yet. I've got to go get the kids. <laughs> We're getting a new bed this weekend. We already had our week planned out. So she said, well, you're going. Remember, you could have a stroke. Like, you don't realize how important serious this is. Your stroke level. So, okay. Joe says, go. So we go. I'm admitted with nothing. Nothing. Um... Admitted to the hospital. I had been living on Excedrin migraine all summer because it had the caffeine I needed to give me a little bit of energy and to make my help my headache. So Tuesday night, I had too much aspirin in my blood to have surgery. Wednesday night, Wednesday morning, they tested me twice, like in the morning and at night, twice a day to see if I was able to have surgery yet. It wasn't until Friday that I was able to have the surgery. So, um, so I was admitted on Tuesday, had surgery on Friday. It was about a five-hour surgery. All my friends were there having a party in my room. <laughs> my mom went down a corner and was praying and crying. And an angel came to her and just prayed over her. And my husband was on a nervous wreck. Anyway, just, they all had my computer. They were like laughing at all of our crazy times in the past. They were having fun in the hospital. I was having brain surgery, but it was okay. <laughs> um, so, come out of surgery five hours later, and I went straight into ICU. When Joey sees me, my hair was, and I had never even thought about them shaving my head. We had never even discussed hair. That never was even discussed. And Dr. Lonson was so good. He um, braided my hair. Uh, he braided my hair, got out of the hospital, I mean, got out of surgery, washed it. So when Joey saw me, he said, you really couldn't even tell that she had just had 
surgery, like brain surgery. But what they did is they cut my head from here, is all the way around to here. Um, and you can actually, like, mm -hmm. so I can take them off a mask. It's not a <laughs> um, But I have a scar, you know, from here to here. But however, I didn't lose my hair from chemo. I lost my hair from radiation. So that's why I don't have any bangs. Bangs here in the side of my hair. But I still probably need to move on. Um, the hospital itself. Okay, so let's set, um, I go into ICU Friday after surgery. Joey, the, doc, the nurse that brought me in there, he walked in and he saw a bed. A bed, hold away bed. In ICU, and y'all know you don't have beds in ICU. It's no mixed visitation hours. I mean, the Lord help them do that too. Answer, I don't know if he answered Blaze's prayer, answered everybody's prayer or what. But I had a bed. Joey had a bed and I see you to be in there with me. He never had to leave me at all. Never left me except for to go home and get some glasses. That's another God story in itself. I even had a pair of glasses. <laughs> um, so God had answered, I mean, in that, within a week, had answered a third grader's prayers. I went to St. Dominic's, I had surgery. Joey had a bed, he never had a leave me in ICU. So the impact that that has made on my kids, I mean, just to see that God is real. I mean, God cares about the small details. You know, he don't just, just sweet, sweet. Um, okay. So that's why I told you about the prayer. My, um, get out of surgery Saturday morning. They had me up, taking a shower. After brain surgery, I was able to get up and walk to take a shower. Um, Joey had to leave when the new nurses came. I mean, he had to put his bed up. Not to break those rules. And the nurse told him, she said, I just didn't think you needed to leave your wanted to leave your wife, so all I, my only request is for you to please just be gone. Only come back during the visiting hours. He said, yes, ma'am, I'll be whatever you tell me to <laughs> So he did. I mean, he did. And um, then, okay, St. Dominic's, of course my tumor went to the lab, came back, and they said, no cancer. Um which we were thankful, no cancer, just all, you know, tumor, surgery, had it removed. And when they did the surgery, they removed all that he could see. Um, so as I said, I'm still fighting brain cancer. I did have surgery, but the, all, oh, I got immediately, um, back up, so stay with me, remember? Um, they, were, they had to shrink the cyst and then Dr. Longson went in and removed all the tumor that he could see. Well, come to find out the type of tumor that it was and that it is, is called a gemocytistic astrocytoma. 
There's a glioblastoma, and there's an astrocytoma for brain tumors. Between the two, if you want one or have one, astrocytoma is what you want, which because it's the less aggressive and most curable, if that's to say. Well, my subtype is the demosatistic, which means it has fingers that are embedded, the roots are embedded in my brain, which is what why I'm still getting chemo today. They're trying to keep those roots from sprouting. So it's kind of confusing in a sense, but people think, well, didn't you have surgery? Well, didn't you get the radiation? Yeah, I did, but I'm still going through chemo. And doctors, oncologists, I mean, I think I have the best doctors in the world. Um, oh, my tumor did go to MD Anderson. I didn't go, but my tumor did go, just to get a more detailed opinion. So after it came back from St. Dominic's that it wasn't um, cancerous, MD Anderson called, well, actually Dr. Fredericks, on Monday night, I went to a regular room on Monday night, and Dr. Fredericks about 9.30, she said, okay, so I got some good news and bad news. Comes back, that is stage two to three cancer. And he got all that he could see but you will probably have to have some chemo and radiation. So, okay. Um, Joey starts throwing up. I mean, throwing up. <laughs> Feeling bad because I'm the one over here all wrapped up like a mummy. Um, we didn't really know what all that would look like or entail. And we still don't, to be honest with you. Um, but... We had Allison, another friend worked in St. Dominic's. She comes out, she was there as we hear that news. Um, that it, you know, was gonna have to have more um, medical. So think of it like this. This will probably help as I go through the rest. Um, think of it like you got roots, I mean weeds in your grass, like in your yard. So you take out, you pull the weeds, and you pull the weed, that's what my surgery did. Dr. Lonson pulled that weed. The radiation weed-eated it. The chemo, to keep that weed from spreading back out in your yard, you gotta get the roundup on it. So that's what the chemo, I'm on my third type of chemo, by the way. That's what it's doing, it's keeping my tumor, the roots from sprouting back out, because they're still there. Um, keeping it from coming back. If I stopped it, it's not a matter of when. It's just, I mean, it would. I mean, it's that's just the truth. Um, doctors say, I will always forever, kind of like a chronic thing, I will always forever have to have chemo. But I have just chosen to firmly believe deep down that, you know, one of these days I'll have an MRI and it's going to show they're not going to even be able to see the tumor. But until that day comes, I'm just going to keep doing and trusting God that I'll keep doing chemo. Um, it stinks getting stuck. And I never got a port because I'm, that was my choice against doctor's request. But my kids were little. I didn't want a port. Some of you may have one. And it's okay if somebody's listening, they may have one. I chose not to get a port.
because my kids were small and I had heard about infections and I just chose to chance it. And my boys were at the baseball fields all the time and always wore tank tops. Um, so I'm nine years out. I never thought I'd been nine years out. Really only thought it was be a year maybe. But Lord's kept me for a reason. So, um, to share a little bit about the, like, you know, part of the storyteller's life is we do scriptures. And I have got, I mean, so many scriptures. It was, I mean, it was hard for me to choose. But after I had the surgery, I was in the hospital for one week, came home, and I had to let my my scar healed for three weeks before I began my radiation. So I just knew the Lord was teaching me. I mean, I asked to increase my faith, and I didn't want to miss anything. So every night, I would get up um, out of bed at 4.30. It was like I had an internal alarm. At 4.30 every morning, I'd get up out of bed, and I'd go sit in this chair, and I would just read. I would just read my Bible, and I would just journal, write notes, and just was scared to miss anything the Lord had for me. And so, um, I mean, I had, I mean, it was so much just good stuff. I, I wouldn't even have time to tell you what all I've learned. I mean, what all he spoke to me. I can tell you later, but um, every night it was something that, like, it just kept me wanting to go back, kept me wanting to go back. Because it was just me and him. I mean, like, before I would call a friend or, you know, my mom, whatever. But it's just, it was just a sweet time between me and the Lord for a good hour every night, minimum hour. Well, one particular night, I was tired and I didn't want to get up and go into the living room. And the Lord just said to me, Brandy, stop telling me what to do. Stop, still, you're still chasing me. Just sit, just stay. You, I can talk to you. In your bed, just like I can talk to you when you're in there in your red chair. So just stay there. You listen to me tonight. You be still. You've always prayed to be still because you want to know me. Well, do it. Don't tell me. Do it. So I said, okay, Lord. So I stayed in the bed. And when I tell you, I saw the sweetest face. Um, God came. Like I saw God come to me like over my bed and he sat in my computer chair and went right beside my bed and he said Brandy you're going to be fine because my whole prayer was just I just want to see God I'm supposed to be my husband's helper God I got you gave me these three blessings of kids I need a raise them. I want them to grow up I want to see their wedding and I want to be the mom I'm supposed to be I want you know all this and God just told me Brandy I've got it you just trust me just trust me I've got you so he gave me a picture and he said, visualize you're on a roller coaster, but I need you to get out of the driver's seat because I'm always in the driver's seat. He told me, I think he may have picked me up actually, get behind him. So I did. I mean, I can just remember it as clear as that. He told me to get behind him and he said, just trust me. He said, you're going to be fine. The, t- the ending will be fine, but it's a roller coaster. So there's going to be some dips, scary times. There's going to be some highs. You're going to be on cloud nine because all the things that you're seeing that I'm changing you and I'm doing in your life. 
There's going to be some sharp turns that you're scared to death, but you just keep holding on and you just keep looking forward. You just keep your eyes on me the whole time. And I've got you. I'm driving. You're not. Release control, Brandy. You've never released it. Release it. So I go back on that. I mean, so now when I'm scared or I'm in a, you know, um, high point or low point, and I can be like, look at me. She's dead. He's gone. They're gone. I'm still alive nine years. I mean, I'm still. But it's not me. It's all the Lord. It's not. It's not me. Um, and then when I'm scared to death, example, there's been all kinds of things like this happened in these nine years. I mean, I've had a splenic artery aneurysm. I mean, that was only found by the grace of God from looking at something else. I had a stroke. I've had two strokes back this February. And so, you know, normally you would think that would rock me, and it did. It did rock me for sure. But that was just part of that love point. The Lord just kept saying, Brandy, um, I told you. I told you. Just trust me. So, um, that's part of my roller coaster story. Um, taking every thought captive. That's one of your verses that I put on there. And what that has meant, I've heard that. Y'all have heard that forever. Take every thought captive. But for me, taking every thought captive, I thought I had always done that and I thought I had grasped it. Grasped it. But for me, it was every thought. And it wasn't hour by hour. It was minute by minute. When I'd hear Satan say to me, Brandy, you're 36. You got brain tumor. You got cancer. You're a goner. Um, no, I'm not, you know. I had to literally stop Satan in its tracks. Speaking out loud many times, turn around and say, you're not welcome here. Get away from my family. Leave my kids alone. Leave my husband alone. Leave my family. Leave my friends. Leave me. Just, you must flee, you know, under Jesus' name. God's got me. He's in control. I'm not, this is not about me. So taking every thought captive, whether it's brain tumor, whether it's my kids arguing in the morning, what's important in the grand scheme of life? I mean, it's what I really had to grasp. So I went from, I mean, that's just a huge thing is just um, how important it's meant for me to, and not let my mind take trips. Like if I would get the first little had a stroke. Okay, so when my hand went like this, I'm going to be paralyzed. I mean, you can see. I mean, I'm not. And most people think I'm in complete remission. And I do wear a hat or a headband every day, but that's just to, because of my lack of veins. Um, and they will not grow back because most people with chemo, they grow back. But mine, I lost all my hair from radiation. Um, the, Lord, the Lord has just met me in every way, anything I needed, above and beyond. Um, ways, and I've grown closer to Him only because of this. I've never asked why me. I've never said, I've never gotten mad. And a lot of people, you know, everybody's different, but I'm still go back to when I asked God to increase my faith and I wrote that in my Bible and I journal a lot but I don't always write things specifically in my Bible 
But for me to write in Luke, Luke 16, Lord, increase my faith. No, he didn't answer it the way that I was thinking he might would, but he answered it in a ways better than I could have ever imagined. Um, so, do I need to stop? Do I need to questions? Do I, um, I'm going to keep, be, oh, okay. <laughs> went back to my notes. Um, <laughs> Last night, I mean, I really, you know, it's my story, so you know your story. You don't have to study for your story. <laughs> so I know it. But I am very all over the place. Does that make sense? Well, if it didn't, it will today. <laughs> um, but God is in all of it. Like, there's so many details. I couldn't just leave out some of the details because God's in them. I mean, and it does have to be cancer, but even for y'all, I mean, whatever you're going through, taking your thought captive, I mean, just for me, sitting at the feet of Jesus, naturally, my, I've always been grown up, I mean, just knowing Jesus and all of that, but I've never had that intimate relationship with the Lord. My grandmother would kneel on the other side of her bed and she'd be praying and I'd be kneeling because she was kneeling and I may be thinking about what story I want to hear when we get in the bed. But reading my Bible was honestly just part of what you do. Like, like you do your laundry, you read your Bible. And until this happened, it became a need and a want and a desire. Not to do it because I needed to do it, because I wanted to do it. I wanted to know, for me, who Jesus really was. And all of his promises that he declared and said in the Bible, and the promises that he's given me, I had to know that I could really trust him. I mean, I've known, I knew who he was, but, and for me to be a Mary, that's not... And I'm not married. But for me to actually be it, it is. It's not unrealistic. I had always thought it was. But so my busyness, busyness has changed. I can say no, and I do say no, to the point of my husband saying before, Brandy, would you stop using so much gas? Would you just stay home every once in a while? To now, Brandy, would you get out of the house? Like, don't you want to go somewhere? Don't you want to get out a little bit? But I just know my boundaries and I know my purpose. And I'm learning. I'm not where I need to be, which is why I strongly believe I'm still on the journey today. When I'm where the Lord wants me to be and has taught me what I've asked Him to teach me, then it may change. But for now, I'm supposed to pray and believe and expecting that. I'm in this, and he's part of it, and I will be healed one day, but just not today. We're so glad you joined us for the story today. One of the things Brandy shared that I love is her prayer, Lord, increase my faith. And no matter what we're going through, no matter how serious or how trivial it is, 
If we're looking to God for Him to increase our faith, He promises to do exactly that. Before we close today, I wanted to share a brief message from Robin Cowan, who is our founder and executive director of Storytellers Live. Here she is. Hey, everybody, this is Robin from the Storytellers Live team, and I'm the executive director. And I don't pop in on the podcast often, but with it being the holidays and coming up on Thanksgiving, we have really just been reflecting on all of you. We are so thankful for y'all, for our community, for our people. Um, Y'all are so supportive and so encouraging of what we do. You share our podcast all the time. We get um, stories from all of you constantly of how God is using these stories through Storytellers Live. We just cannot thank you enough. As we're coming into the holidays, we just wanted to really let all of you know that you are the ones that fund us. I don't know if you know that, but we're, you know, we're currently in eight cities and we're growing and we have new things on the horizon. And it is because of you that we're able to do that, that we're able to grow our podcast, that we're able to go into new cities, that we're able to, to create materials, to dig deeper into our stories. And you're going to see some new things coming up in the future. And so you can, partner with us if you want to do that financially you can go online to storytellerslive.org we have a donate page and as you're coming up on giving tuesday which is the tuesday after thanksgiving we would love for y'all to partner with us and think of us through the rest of the season and just we wanted to let y'all know how thankful we are for you we're praying for all of you this holiday season and and thanks for being a part of our team We'll be back next week with another new story. And so be sure to tune in. We also would love for you to rate or review our podcast on whatever platform you use. We're grateful for you and we hope that you'll join us again soon.